Good morning, church. This is a day that the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. I am Mark Hedegar, blessed, honored, humbled, so humbled to be the pastor at Stratford and Salisbury Center. As I look out over the empty pews, there's sadness in my heart because I miss my church family, and I know you miss each other as well. But I do know that we will be together again shortly, and that these steps that we're taking are to make sure that each and every one of us comes back together as a family. So that being said, today's message is the 22nd of March, 2020. And here at our churches, we expect miracles, we recognize miracles, and we celebrate miracles together. The vision at Stratford is to praise God daily, to love God and others, to plant seeds and serve God and community. The vision at Salisbury Center is to love God and others, to serve as an example, to plant seeds of hope, and to nurture one another. Let us pray. God of the prophets, whose salvation is freely offered to all flesh, open our minds to participate in these moments in the study of your truth. May ancient words hold for us a fresh message that engages our best efforts. Straighten the crooked ways and smooth out the rough places in our lives that we may be about the same ministry throughout the whole world. Amen. So let us go to the call of worship. The world offers busy schedules and more stuff to do, but God offers rest. The people respond, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. The world offers faster cars and bigger houses, but God offers comfort. The people respond, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. The world offers war and terror, but God offers protection. The people respond, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. The world offers cheap love and cheap thrills, but God offers goodness and mercy. The people respond, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. And we all respond together, come now and let us dwell in the house of the Lord. Now let me sing hymn number 280, All Glory, Laud, and Honor. No, I'm just kidding. I wouldn't do that to you guys. <laughs> I love you. You'll be thankful that I didn't do that, but that would have been the hymn of praise today. Today's lady scripture comes out of Psalm 27. Psalm 27. It reads this way. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to devour my flesh, my adversaries and foes, they shall stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. 
Though war rise up against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord, that will I seek after, to live in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to behold the beauty of the Lord, and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will set me high on a rock. Now my head is lifted up above my enemies all around me, and I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. Come, my heart says, seek his face. Your face, Lord, do I seek. Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger, you who have been my help. Do not cast me off. Do not forsake me, O God of my salvation. If my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Do not give me up to the will of my adversaries, or false witnesses have risen against me, and they are breathing out violence. I believe that I shall see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord, be strong, and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. The word of God for the people of God. At this time, we would turn to joys and concerns. And I say it every week, the Lord knows what our joys and our concerns are. He asks us to speak them to him. Of course, we want to open our hearts to the Lord. He knows our hearts and our minds before we even speak. So during this prayer, what I'd like you to do if you're listening from home is just shout out your joy during the prayer. Shout out the names of those that, that you want to lift. Our Father God will hear you. He already hears your heart. But just go ahead and feel free to shout them out as I'm praying and lift them to the Lord. Let us pray. Father God, we always begin by thanking you for the day. Thank you for the day that you've given us. Thank you for the chance to get up and worship you and to give you honor and to give you glory, Father God. We know we get lazy here. We know we don't get persecuted like countries around the world, Father God. Forgive us. Forgive us for our complacency. Father God, we are in a time right now that should bring us closer to you that should show us that there is no hope outside of Jesus Christ. We turn to you. We turn to you for strength. We turn to you for comfort. We turn to you for guidance, Father God. So many conflicting things are, are being told us on the radio and TV and, and from our friends, Father God. We would just pray that the Holy Spirit would speak his message to each and every one of us as individuals, Father God. We lift up those people that are infected. We lift up those people that are at risk, Father God. And we certainly lift up all of our people who are putting themselves in harm's way, Father God, to treat your people, the doctors, the nurses, the first responders. Father God, the list goes on and on. And as I said, you know who they are, Father God, but we lift them to you. We, we just pray for your protection. We pray for a hedge of protection 
over all of our communities, Father God. We pray for a hedge of protection over the world. We pray that our leaders would make wise decisions based on your word and your guidance, Father God, that they may lead us through this, but could still point to you, still point to you as the healer of all nations, Father God. Man can't do anything without your power. So we pray for that now, Father God. We plead the blood of Jesus over the whole world. Just the blood of Jesus poured out over the whole earth, Father God, that they may not only be healed physically, but they may be healed spiritually, Father God, that they may see your light, that they may see what our strength is, our, our people who have turned to you and accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. We thank you for all you do in our lives. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. So I will not sing hymn 496, Sweet Hour of Prayer, but for those of you that have hymnals at home, feel free. Today's message is titled, Promises, Promises, and Even More Promises. Last week, we discussed our ability to refuse or rebuke Satan's attempts to interfere with our peace by creating fear in our lives. We compared it to a visitor knocking on our house door to gain entrance. We said that we have the choice to allow the visitor to come in or to remain outside. It's the same way with the enemy. We have the right to refuse him entry. When the enemy comes knocking, we need to pull our welcome mat and tell him he is not welcome in our home or in our head or in our lives for that matter. We get to choose who has access. And if we've accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, he should be the only one we welcome into our house or our lives. And we're to use the written word just like Jesus did when he was tempted in the desert. Satan has no power over the written word, and as a son and daughter of the Most High God, he has no power over us either, unless we let him in or we give him access. Ron Hutchcraft wrote, The Bible makes it clear that if you belong to Jesus Christ, his opponent is your opponent. Of course, that's a destroyer, Satan, who wanted you in hell with him forever. But he lost you forever the day you put your trust in Jesus. But he didn't quit playing against you. Nope. Now he wants to use you to try to shame the Savior who died for you. He wants to keep you enslaved to the old you and keep you from ever really making any difference for Christ. Brothers and sisters, we are called to resist the enemy. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come near to God, and he will come near to you. Notice it doesn't say, Resist the devil, and he will fight you. It says he will flee from you. Once we accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, God separates us from the darkness. The darkness of the enemy and the darkness of fear. Luke 1, 78 through 79 tells us, By the tender mercy of our God, the dawn from on high will break upon us 
to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death, to guide our feet into the way of peace. We become separated, sanctified, and set apart from the world. Jesus said we are in the world, but not of the world. Our lady reading last week was from Psalm 23, a favorite of most everyone I know. It begins, of course, with the words, the Lord is my shepherd. But as you know, I like to emphasize different words as I read scripture just to change the emphasis. So I'd like to try it with this verse. We begin, the Lord is my shepherd. It answers the question, who is your shepherd? And it answers it with authority. The Lord is my shepherd. We go on. The Lord is my shepherd. This proclaims with assurance who the Lord is in our lives. Not the world, not the enemy, but the Lord. The Lord is my shepherd. We move on. The Lord is my shepherd. This makes it personal, brothers and sisters. We each need to make him our own personal shepherd. He died for all of us, of course, but he also died for each one of us individually. And finally, the last one, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. This explains our relationship with Christ. We follow the good shepherd. He leads us, guides us, teaches us, and directs us. John 10, 27 through 29 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. My Father, which gave them me, is greater than all. And no man is able to pluck them out of my Father's hand. Proclaiming the Lord as our shepherd also humbles us as we accept his priorities over ours and his will over our desires. And claiming Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior entitles us to the promises of God as his sons and daughters. We discussed some of those promises last week. We discussed Psalm 91, which included his protection and his promise to deliver us from the noisome pestilence or harmful virus, calamity, or contagion. I reminded you that this promise of God was just one of many. I'd like to take the time to explore a few more of those today. We begin with Matthew 8, 17. Himself, meaning Jesus, took our infirmities, and bear our sicknesses. The word took came from the Greek and Hebrew, and the first word we use is lambano in Greek, and it means to take in order to carry away, to remove. So if we replace the word took with that, it would read this way. Jesus took in order to carry away or to remove our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. The second definition from Greek is bastazo, and it means to bear or lift with the idea of removal. So if we put that in place of the word took, it would read like this. Jesus took 
to bear or lift with the idea of removal our infirmities and bear our sicknesses. And finally, the last definition comes from the Hebrew word neza, and it means to bear, to take the debt of sin and sickness upon oneself and carry it as his own. So if you replace that in the verse, it would say Jesus took to bear, to take the debt of sin and sickness upon oneself and carry it as his own. Pretty amazing stuff. We move on. The word infirmities comes from the word, the Greek word asthenia, meaning feebleness of body or mind, disease, sickness, or weakness. So we put that in place, and we go back to the verse. Jesus took, in order to carry away, our infirmities, which are feebleness of body or mind, disease, sickness, or weakness. And he bare our sicknesses. The word sicknesses comes from the Greek word nosos, and it means disease or infirmity. So if we put it all together, brothers and sisters, it would read like this. So Jesus took, in order to carry away, our infirmities, our feebleness of body or mind, disease, sickness, or weakness, and bear our sicknesses, which are a disease or our infirmities. You see, the healing's already been done. Jesus took or removed our diseases, sicknesses, weaknesses upon himself. We move to Isaiah 53, 4, and it reads this way. Surely he, meaning Jesus, hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. The word griefs comes from the Greek word koli, which means malady, Anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, or sickness. So let's put that into the scripture. Surely he hath borne our griefs, which are our malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, or sickness, and carried our sorrows. The last one we do is the word sorrows. And that comes from the Greek word makab, meaning grief or pain. So we read that all together. So surely, meaning without a doubt, Jesus hath borne our griefs, our malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, or sickness, and carried our sorrows, which is our grief or pain. Now I remind you, we either believe all of the Bible or we don't believe any of the Bible. If the scripture says the Lord took away our sickness and disease, then that is exactly what he did. So let's read both of these verses together with it broken down. Jesus took, in order to carry away, our infirmities, our feebleness of body or mind, disease, sickness, or weakness, and bear our sicknesses, meaning our disease or infirmities. Surely, without a doubt, Jesus hath borne our griefs, our malady, anxiety, calamity, disease, grief, or sickness, and carried our sorrows, meaning our grief or pain. We are to stand on the promises and the word of God. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. Not some of scripture, not part of scripture, all of scripture. And we are called to meditate on his word daily for a reason. 
There is no other truth in this world. We read and meditate to find strength, to find comfort, to claim healing, and yes, to learn guidelines for living a Christian life. Brothers and sisters, I urge you, open your Bibles at home. Learn the Word of God. Know what He has done for you, is doing for you, and will do for you in the future. We serve a God who cannot lie. I personally use 3 by 5 index cards, and I write scripture on them. I keep them on my desk, and I read them throughout the day. It helps remind me what the Word says, and also what God's promises are. They give me comfort, and they help me cling to those promises. We know God does not create confusion, or fear, or panic. That is from the enemy, an enemy that has already been defeated by Jesus Christ. Our Lord Jesus has already done the work. But we have to accept him as our Lord and Savior and welcome him into our hearts, our minds, and our lives. If you don't know Jesus or haven't asked him into your life yet, please do it now. He wants to save you. Jesus wants to rescue you from the world and the darkness of sin. Charles Stanley reminds us, God promises us he is present, working to redeem and draw each of us to himself and calling us to a future with him. One day his work in us will be complete and will stand renewed before him. And 2 Corinthians 5.10 warns us, for all of us must appear before the judgment seat of Christ, so that each may receive recompense for what has been done in the body, whether good or evil. Confess your sins, ask for forgiveness, turn from them, and ask Jesus into your heart. He's waiting for you right now. Experience his forgiveness. Experience his peace. Experience his love. There is no hope outside of Jesus. Turn to him and be assured of spending eternity with him and our Father God. And once we accept him, we are entitled to the benefits of his sacrifice for us. Great, greater glory hath no man that he should lay down his life for a friend. Accept the sacrifice Jesus made for you, you personally. And then let us welcome each of you into the family of Christ. One Christ, one body. Amen. Let us pray. Father God, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you for what you bring to us today, Father God. Your promises of healing, your promises of protection, explaining the work that Jesus actually did on the cross and the beating that he took before that, Father God. By his stripes, we are healed. I thank you for the definitions of those words explaining calamities and contagions and viruses that this work was done so long ago that Jesus himself took our diseases and sickness upon himself, Father God. We praise you and we thank you for that. We would pray, Father God, that people would lean into you during this time, during this crisis, that they would learn your love, and that they in turn would love you and trust you
and accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior. And Father God, as we think about all the groups that are formed throughout the world, support groups, whether it's alcohol, Alcoholics Anonymous or uh, Moms Against Drunk Driving or any support group, Father God, when we look at those groups, the one thing they have in common is they lift each other up. They encourage each other and they don't judge each other. They remember that they've all been in the same place, Father God. My prayer is that our church body would remember that as new people come to know Christ, as we welcome them into the body of Christ, we welcome them into our church, Father God, that we would remember where we were, what we did and how we acted before the forgiveness we received from Jesus Christ, that we would look at our brothers and sisters with empathy, that we would lift them, encourage them, pray for them, love on them, Father God, and let them know that our churches are a safe haven for sinners, for those looking for Christ. I praise you. I give you all the honor, all the glory. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. At this time, of course, we would do the offering. And I'd like to read the offertory prayer. How good you have been to us, gracious God. You have filled our mouths with laughter and our tongues with shouts of joy. We give thanks, not only with a portion of our income, but also through our renewed commitment to righteous living. By your grace, we share in the work Christ came to accomplish among us. May your love abound in us and through us. Amen. Brothers and sisters, before I do the benediction, I'd just like to share something with you. I know what it's like to be separated for the good of the community and for the good of the nation. As you know, I'm retired military and there were many times I had to leave my wife and children and my friends. Sometimes it was a week, many, many times it was two weeks, four weeks, six weeks, eight weeks, 12 weeks. And one time it was for 11 months. But I found strength knowing that I would see my family again. Think about the men and women in uniform that have been shipped off to combat zones three, four, five, even more times, leaving their family without knowing if they were going to return. With God's blessings, we can rest assured that we are going to return as a church body, prayerfully in a couple weeks, so that we can love on each other. But take this time. Take this time, remember, God always takes what's evil, what Satan intended for evil, he takes it and turns it for good. There are many, many, many good, great things happening right here in our own community. We now have a, uh, an ability to broadcast a short prayer um, through our church, through the AM station. We're obviously doing an audio recording that we won't just do while we're uh, separated, but possibly forever for people that can't make it out of their house, maybe for the shut-ins. So there is a lot of good coming out of this. Be patient. We're called to love and protect our brothers and sisters, and I truly believe by being separated for a short time, we can keep them safe and bring them back into the pews. But take this time.
If you read the Bible for an hour a day, double it, triple it. If you're in devotions, find more devotions. If, you're, if you journal, then journal, journal, journal. Look for ways to get closer to Christ and then pray for ways to share those things that he shows you when this is all over. May we continue. The mercy of God is new every day. We are free to accept the difference it can make in us. God's steadfast love is waiting to embrace us as a whole people, to instruct us and to lead us in the paths of truth. Put your trust in God, for that is our only security. And now, brothers and sisters, bless the God of all, who everywhere works great wonders, who fosters our growth from birth and deals with us according to his mercy. May he give us gladness of heart, and may there be peace in our lives. May he entrust you and us to his mercy, and may he deliver you and us in all our days. Amen.